Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of that galaxy and directly from Mars, this is Four Center presents Other Center. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. 
And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we are here to answer your questions, your questions of the other. We've having a lot of fun already celebrating Spooky Season around here, so we'll see where the questions go. Will they rattle our soul? Will they scare us? Or uh, inform us as they inform you. We'll see. All that's coming your way here. Podcast uh, Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. I love that I just said that. Podcast. Like it's some just generic uh, term. Uh, today's <laughs> podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I have a recommendation for you if you'd like to try out a book on us. Speaking of spooky seasons, this book is by Spencer Ackerman. It's called Reign of Terror, How the 9-11 Era Destabilized America and Produced Trump. It's some light reading for your October holiday season, and you can try it out on us and support the show in the process by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center. For your free audio book. That's our Audible. Now we have our Ask, and that's where Joseph slides in here. That is right. Uh, you two have both had great uh, Audible recommendations this week. So uh, for next week, I'll try to complete the circuit by coming up with an important but disturbing book about real life <laughs> events because uh, we are on a really good roll. Uh, quickly for our ask, we've been uh, promoting this for the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're promoting our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash four center. People have been very supportive, but we have a new goal we're trying to get to uh, at $2,300 a month. Uh, the three of us are going to take a field trip and we will do some video documentation and we will uh, record an episode about it. And uh, this field trip is inspired by our uh, desserts, favorite desserts ranked episode that we did where we discovered that we could all sample one another's favorite desserts uh, or, or one of our favorite desserts, uh, cheesecake, donuts and pie, all by going to one physical location isn't that amazing <laughs> so we want to be able to go to the grove and do that kind of special episode this is the kind of fun stuff we've been able to discover and experiment with uh because of other centers we would love to continue to experiment that is mm-hmm. it that is it indeed a lot of fun i cannot wait for that field trip and it's gonna happen there uh you guys are gonna have to shut me up because i'm gonna be like i used to work right here at this corner uh well we got some questions these are uh, questions from our, our listeners or supporters uh online uh on the various social media sites and from patreon and joseph you've pulled some uh wonderful ones today what do we got yeah and let me start with a clarification that right now we've only put out the calls on patreon um, oh, uh, that's my apologies. My apologies. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, because it actually does lead us into this question. But uh, yeah, we have honestly uh, to pull back the curtain. Uh, we used to post these on uh, Patreon and do take two uh, questions from Patreon. And then uh, it was getting way too hard to track them down on various social medias. So uh, for a long time, they were there was also a thread on Twitter. Uh, and then uh, many things have happened to Twitter, <laughs> yeah. including... Lots of people leaving it, and uh, uh, like like some mm-hmm. mythical crystal that's been shattered across the lands, I feel like the social media audience is shattered everywhere. Yeah. So for mm-hmm. right now, the ongoing post is on Patreon. If you're a patron, uh, just scroll down and, and look for the picture of uh, Ken Eaton. You're looking at fish like he's going to eat it, and he <laughs> did eat it because I took the photo of him, uh, mm-hmm. and later he ate it. Uh, but if you have something that you'd really, really like to ask us, I'm not going to do a post for it, but feel free to reach out uh, on the social media uh, of your choice. You can tag Force Center, or honestly, you can 
tag me because I collect all the questions. Uh, and our first question actually comes from somebody who really wanted a question answered. So did exactly that. Just reached out on social media and said, I don't know where you collect these questions, but I have one I need. I need mm -hmm. the answer to. Uh, so that actually takes us to our first question. Uh, it came to us from two different listeners because uh, 8984M has asked this in uh, Patreon. It says, uh, pardon if this has already been answered in the long history of Force Center, but what is the origin story of this wonderful podcast? What is other, colon, a Force Center story, if you will? So uh, we already had that on Patreon. And then uh, Daniel uh, Zarlik uh, reached out on social media and said, hi, FC friends. I'd love to know about Force Center canon. How did you three meet each other? I'd love having Jen for this one, as I want to hear everyone's point of view. Who introduced you? What circumstances? What clicked on each other? Thank you. Uh, I know Daniel meant this in a in a absolutely friendly way, and was uh, limited by by character count. But I also like that it comes across as <laughs> we are being interviewed. Who introduced you? What circumstances? What clicked? Need answers. So thank you uh, to both of you for asking. I think uh, sometimes we're we're used to having done this podcast for a long time and having some listeners who have been with us for a long time, and it's great to uh, remember that uh, it's been going for eight years, so some people don't know the origin story we've talked about. So um, mm. let's dive into this. Ken, do you want to start? And then we'll, we'll, we'll roll over to Jennifer's POV. Sure, yeah, I do. And and I, I, I yeah, you're right. We've uh, said this in other spots, I think even other podcasts that I forget where and when. And it's we've been going for so long. When Jennifer came back, remember she stepped aside, for those who, who know, uh, to... to um, um, uh, bring a second uh, human into the world and kind of do some other things. And, and when she returned, there was much rejoicing as there should be. And I remember there were some people discord going, this is great. I don't know who this person is. This is wonderful. <laughs> this is, wonderful. So uh, the story has been told. So I, I definitely want to hear your perspectives. Cause I feel uh, like a, a annoying uncle at a party. I've told some of this stuff before, but um, my, my journey with force center begins out of always wanting to kind of do my own star Wars content, meaning I had done it, you know, once it started, become possible the digital media world exploded and it was great and i was producing for schmoes and and got to host the jedi alliance show with maude garrett and which which factors how i, I met uh, jen um so uh yeah and then and then the opportunity kind of existed and and then and meeting joseph and, and seeing him uh, on marvel movie news was one of the starting points anyways that's all on the table um 2014, uh, Maude Garrett and I were hosting a Jedi Alliance on the Popcorn Talk Network. Uh, Maude uh, had to leave the show after about 29 episodes. And then I went solo for a while, but I definitely wanted a, a host. And when I become a producer of the Schmoes No Podcast in 2012, despite being around the internet world and people kind of either big in the world or working in the world, I not really paid attention to it. And so I started around 2012, like what's actually out there? Who who's got a channel? Who's doing this content? Uh, that's when I first started listening to Hello Greedo, uh, who's who had a lot of great content, and I think has changed and grown as uh, as a, a content producer. This little thing called Star Wars Minute, which uh, explains mm. quite well with this young Alex kid. Um, and then uh, in in talk, there was a, a news story of a young girl who, like ref at, at Disneyland, who refused to to bow before. Or Darth Vader or something. It was this cute story. And then someone had interviewed that girl and someone was Jennifer Landa. And I thought, oh my God, this person's great. Uh, exactly what we're looking for. I'd love to reach out. I think I reached out through a back end YouTube business email. And so, I, yes, and exactly. Yes. I said, hi, I'm so and so and this and that. And uh, I remember telling uh, my pal Phil Svitek, I said, yeah, I think this could be. Uh, 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 a replacement for, for Mod. Like we could take the show in a, in a, in a new and exciting direction and, 
Let's see what we can do here. I didn't tell Jen this. It wasn't like you're on a you're auditioning for a job. We're just like, hey, let's see, let's see what's going on. And then Jen walked in eight and a half. I mean, eight and three quarters pregnant. <laughs> yes. And not that that stops you from doing anything, but it was just like, oh, the the reality is that's probably uh, this probably isn't time. Then I ended up leaving the show shortly after. So Jen, I'll kick it back to you because uh, you know uh, the old scrimshot guy come. He showed up around that same time too. But mm-hmm. uh, you're the, the first perspective perspective on my journey. Yeah, you know, it, it's so interesting because around that time, like 20, 2010 and 2012, and, and it did feel like there were a lot more Star Wars channels suddenly kind of coming up. And it was a, it was a fairly small community. And mm-hmm. when you reached out to me, yeah, it was, I think, on my business because I was trying to find the email and I couldn't find it. So mm-hmm. now that you say that, it definitely was on my old business uh, account. Mm-hmm. And you were like, you want to come on for Jedi Alliance? I was like, wow, this sounds like so much fun to get a talk about Star Wars with other people as opposed to just like by myself in my room. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I came and I was really nervous because I had never really done that type of panel situation before. And you were awesome. And Ken, you were just so friendly. It was like low stakes and it just felt like, of a talk amongst friends. And that was when I was like, wow, this is great. And, but I was pregnant (laughs) and I didn't know what was going to happen. And my life did get turned upside down. (laughs) And then I remember you reached out to me again. And I remember I, my daughter was just a few months old. It was like in November, I think. And you're like, I'm putting together this show called Force Center and Joseph, who I'd met, you know, we're just doing some things. We'd love to have you come on. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but it just seems like a lot of fun. And you both were so nice and so different from a lot of the other Star Wars channels where I was kind of starting to see that some channels were going a very specific direction, a very like, <laughs> ne- shall we say negative direction, but you two always were very positive and celebrating the fun. And I just was like, uh, you know, you just said that gut instinct where you're like, I, I feel like these are like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I trusted that it was going to be okay. And you both were so nice about like, you know, we understand you have a new baby. How do we (laughs) want to do this? I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. Let's, let's go for it. And that was it. That was the beginning. In 20, yeah. 2015 for yeah. me when I joined Four Center. Yeah, that's that's when we launched. Uh, yeah, I think around October 2015. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like right, right before Force Awakens, and yeah, mm-hmm. right into just the explosion of all the great uh, Star Wars talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. um, yeah, I think uh, from my perspective, I had had a like little bit of a career shift where I had been doing uh, sketches at at a at a sci-fi convention for years, but that was way separate for anything else. And then around, you know, 2010, kind of the explosion of uh, the mm-hmm. pop culture world we have now, suddenly mm-hmm. I was finding lots of gigs where people wanted stand up that had something to do with uh, pop culture. Mm-hmm. And I was having so much fun being like, Oh, this is now a part of my career and I get to make jokes. But then I got really tired of just jokes. <laughs> like mm-hmm. everybody is drenched in uh, costumes of this galaxy far, far away and got all the jokes and all the toys. But I, I just could not get anyone to like engage. Like I remember particular people being like, Oh, isn't it, isn't it funny that we all, you know, worship this Luke guy, but he's just a, a wimp and a failure. I'd be like, what? <laughs> Justify that, you know? And like, and people would be like, no, 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 I want to have a drink. Like, or whatever. Like nobody, I, 
felt like people wanted to kind of celebrate it, poke fun at it, but not dive into it at all. Um, yeah. So it never really occurred to me as, is anything that, that could be sort of career related. And then, um, a, a story that uh, listeners have heard many times uh, before, uh, I believe 2014, I believe right around Halloween of 2014, the convention that's now Los Angeles Comic-Con was the Stanley's Kamikaze, which yeah. is maybe a good name change. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, our mutual friend, Audrey Kearns, had me on a panel with a, a bunch of great people. I believe it was a panel about like which woman superhero would would win in a fight or uh, mm. kind of like a fun ranking thing, I think. Mm. Anyway, uh, many mutual friends on the panel uh, met Ken afterward. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of us went and had beers. And I think you were wearing a suit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or a jacket or a suit jacket. Yeah. Especially yeah. of the time, you know, you, if you got to go to a nerd event, I got to look like the pit boss. <laughs> I'm, you know, branding. Yeah. 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 I think so. I think that stuck in, in my memory and it was a really interesting time for me because I hadn't been in uh, Los Angeles that long. This was kind of a, um, I, so I was, you know, it was fun to meet people and, and really try to use my instincts because I didn't know. Um, but like, oh, a lot of people know him and he's very friendly and he seems like a great guy. And I think mm-hmm. we talked about Star Wars a little bit and I think you're like, Hey, I got this show sometime. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I, on a mutual friend, uh, but a very old friend of yours, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Key invited me to be on the Marvel show on the popcorn talk. And like, I've, I've done, I did panels, but I did mostly jokey panels at conventions. Mm-hmm. The idea that people really just wanted to, to listen while other people sincerely talked <laughs> about nerd stuff was like, what mm-hmm. uh in the marvel show was fun but it was my first uh 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 exposure to how intense the fandom was yeah and i think i said i said one thing about the superhero character vision which was um it was only half accurate it was a foggy memory from reading the comics as a kid and mm-hmm. people laid into me <laughs> right right yeah yeah and then i had that like <laughs> Well, this isn't going to happen when I do a Star Wars show because I, mm. I know Star Wars and I is, but it was it was it was a great experience and I, I learned a lot. And you were coming in to the studio right after that, and we bumped into each other, Jen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I remember because I because you were like, yeah, yeah, I got to get you on the Star Wars show, and I think I I think that's when I told you about the how Star Wars conquered the universe book, which we then mm-hmm. went on to love and uh, mm-hmm. eventually had the author on Jedi Alliance. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so yeah. there was uh, the 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 meeting, the circling, <laughs> yeah, and then finally uh, you invited me on the Jedi Alliance show, uh, and and kind of threw the doors open to be like, what what in Star Wars would you like to talk about? Yeah, 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 and and um, and to enter it into public record, we definitely have talked about it before here, but it's like, yeah, me, meeting you, yeah, I was my buddy Matt Key and the late great Granny Mahar was on the panel, so I was there hanging out with them, and then. You were so funny, and 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 as a comic, you know, you have a ten. We all have negative side effect have a tendency to put your walls up, and you're like, who, who the hell is that funny guy? <laughs> and, and, and there was just something. There was a couple of things he said. I was like, ah, I literally was like, I can't. That's why am I? Why would I be angry towards this person? That was really funny. <laughs> really funny. And then we had the beers after, so it worked. And yeah, you were you were great at Marvel. And yeah, what what you know at the time, and Jennifer, you're touching upon it too. At the time, um, well, Joseph, you too. Like it was fun yeah positive but it was jokey we'll make our jokes and, and mod and i had made our jokes we made our prequel jokes and a lot of people started telling us in the comments 
those are our movies. And I was like, well, mm. I kind of secretly like them, but don't we all agree that we should poke fun at them? Like, isn't that what we determined legally? That this is what it's about? <laughs> you know, my, my, my thought behind Jedi Alliance was let's talk about the news, but it's also what's better, a tie wing, a, a, a X-wing or a, 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 a TIE fighter, though a tie wing would be great too. <laughs> and it was that kind of fun, let's do it like a half hour news show type of vibe. Yes. And then when I invited you on, Joseph, uh, you know, come talk with Mod and I, open forum, what do you want? You said, you know, this whole, I think you phrase it as, you know, defend the prequels, which is a, even then it's a weird statement now looking back. Right. But, mm-hmm. uh, and I just remember, sure. And, and, yeah. And then you right then there started to change how I looked at those films, but also how I wanted to talk about it. It started to change that it was, it was a watershed moment um, um, for me as a fan and how I wanted to go forward in this stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, watershed uh, day for me to just be able to uh, really share my (laughs) opinions. Mm -hmm. And it it had come about because I was on Jackie Cation's podcast and she asked me, you know, what I was obsessed with in the moment. And it's like uh, Star Wars, but the... But the prequels in particular, because I'd been watching Clone Wars and I, and I really had that moment alone in my apartment. I was like, damn it, I like these movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, where, why it was on my mind that day. And I had just done Jackie's podcast when you when you emailed. Uh, yeah, and that was great fun. And then you uh, Ken invited me back on Jedi Alliance multiple times. In mm-hmm. one of those times, a May the 4th show. So I believe it would have been May the 4th of uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen, a very pregnant Jennifer was one of the guests and yeah. that show was just, uh, let's just, it's May the 4th. I think it was like a two hour special yeah. and it was, mm-hmm. I believe I met Mark Ellis that day too. And it was just, yeah, a, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody brought us, uh, themed beers. Yes. Um, oh yeah. One of the producers, one of the engineers there. Yes, yes, yes. They were yeah. blue moon beers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have one, but I took yeah. a picture of it because I thought it was so cool. <laughs> I still have it. It's on a, a bookcase mm-hmm. in my, in my bedroom. Uh, oh my gosh. A weird place for a, a bottle collection, but I live in a small place. <laughs> um, and I just thought Jennifer was great. I, I, I had the same thing. I think that Jennifer, you're describing a little bit. I had now been around mm-hmm. this world enough to understand and see that there were some people who uh, really, really liked uh, what we're talking about and really wanted to talk about it or celebrate it or joke about it in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, this has become profitable enough Mm -hmm. that there are sharks here. Yeah, and I had that like, oh, now now I've done these on been on Jedi Alliance enough and in in other shows and and podcasts, and it was just the vibe going around everywhere at that time. You know, mm-hmm. even even trying to get writing work of like suddenly nerd cred was good, where every every writing manager wanted to have at least one nerd mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that they could. Uh, hey, you looking for a nerd writer? I got one of those. Um, right. That suddenly for me it was a matter of. There were people like, oh, I like you. I think you're funny. But also, I feel like if you would get you 10 more followers, you would slide a knife between my ribs. That's Mm -hmm. the vibe I get from this human. And uh, meeting Jennifer, it was just like, oh, wow, this is somebody who just loves it and wants to celebrate it. And and that was, you know, my my main memory of of meeting Jennifer of like, (laughs) this is wonderful. (laughs) Somebody with, you know, a a different perspective um, from the one that I had of really celebrating uh, the 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 cute side uh, and the weird Mm. side and um, (laughs) and everything that we've talked about and joked about over over the years um, and just owning it and loving it. And so true and honest made a big Mm -hmm. impression. Yeah. And, you know, the thing around that time, especially was uh, as a as a woman being in the Star Wars space was there was a lot of want, people wanting to 
to get me and say, I'm not a real fan. And so I was so careful when I put out a video and there was a point where I didn't want to make videos anymore because I just felt like if I said one wrong thing, if I got the the alien species just slightly off, people would come at me and my comments would be like, you're just a poser. You're pandering mm. all this stuff. And so when, when I was invited to come on Jedi Alliance, I was terrified because I was like, what if I misspeak? Mm. What if I accidentally say the wrong year that this was released or whatever. Right. And because I hadn't really talked about this stuff with people, with friends. And so getting to meet both of you, you really helped me feel safe like it was okay. You didn't question my fandom. And it really, over these however many years we've been doing this, it's helped me become more free and feel like it's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. Sometimes I do get the species wrong or I do get a character's <laughs> name wrong or I can't remember that episode. It's okay. It doesn't take away my love for this fandom, for this franchise. And so that's that really is because of you guys. And it's helped me grow at professionally and just personally to be able to be like, this is my opinion. This is what I have to say. Take it or leave it. Okay. Mm. You can, you can say I'm, I'm a poser. You can say I'm not a fan, but I know in my heart that I've been, you know, watching this stuff since I was a child. Like, so it just, it's really, but I, I thank both of you for giving me the safe space to do that and explore this side of myself mm. that I had never, especially on the internet, which is just already, whew, it can be a scary place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that I will. I'm really, really happy to hear that. And it, and it was such a weird time um, and obviously far, far, far worse uh, for women, but it was, it was weird to go from the shame of the eighties and, and even, you know, for me, most of the nineties of, do not let anyone see that you know this much about Star mm -hmm. Wars. Right. No one must know that I know Greedo is a Rodian, you know, right. kind of thing to, you know, a weird, uh, toxic, masculine version mm -hmm. of, you know, you're not a real man if you don't know Greedo is a Rodian kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so weird. And I think we're almost, I think we're really going to pivot back the other uh, other way here of like, uh, that mm. that need to to prove your fandom by knowing everything. I think it, hopefully that that is wrapping up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope, I hope. So. I hope so too. Yeah, hope. Well, and it changed rapidly. I like um, even like you know two thousand nine and ten. Like like uh, you know Mark and Christian were doing the schmoes things. Then I was circling around them as comics and everything. And we would do live shows in two thousand ten. And and like I had a, a Princess Leia shirt I would wear every now and then, and I wore it as a look at me the loser nerd vibe. Right, like that was the joke. Mm -hmm. I owned a Leia shirt and a lightsaber loser. Right, I get it. And it, that's two thousand ten to by twenty fourteen. You know, it was like wait, people. I'm accepted for this. Like it, it, it was a real fast shift. And you're right. That's going to open up the doors to a lot of, a lot of sharks, a lot, a lot of bad things. And, and it did. And, and I've had my ups and downs with the relationship of it there. And, and, um, but it was fascinating. It, it was, it was a quick turnaround. I even have like Facebook memories that pop up and it's like me kind of slagging on myself in 2011. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and that kind of, you know, self shame because it's protective. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and we grew up with that. I remember interviewing around 2012, uh, uh, my friend Stacy Howard was on uh, my Knapsack File show and she, we had this discussion, you know, she's about 15 years younger than me. She had, we had this discussion about the word nerd and she's like, it's just such a wonderful, positive nerd uh, name uh, to describe how someone who's passionate about something. And I was like, oh, I'm 
so glad that's what what it is to you. That's not what it is to me. <laughs> it is oh, me yeah. hiding under a, a slide on a on a playground because I got called a nerd because I like to you know wore a Luke Skywalker shirt, uh, and I'm glad that's changed. But it was sometimes hard to shake in those early days. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I I don't I I think that is some of the environment that led to Force Center itself. Um, because you you had left Jedi Alliance, mm-hmm. Ken, uh, to, right. to, for for your job at Screen Junkies, and uh, it kind of spur the moment. I was like, I think maybe I I would like to try out uh co-hosting that. Um, mm-hmm. and ended up doing that with our friend Mark Donica, and it was really fun. But I think is it, it got closer and closer to Force Awakens coming out uh, a little bit more of the YouTube toxicity was there and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, I, I, I really liked the show, but it was getting a little bit sort of, um, rigid, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of like the structure and what could be discussed. So then when you brought up like, Hey, I want, I, I miss having my own, own thing where I can talk about whatever I wanted. Do you want to do this podcast? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really excited about it because I felt like, okay, well, in, there are no preconceived notions about what the structure is. Th- this is starting, you know, no. basically from, from scratch. No cameras. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, no cameras, uh, and we can talk about it however we we want, and mm-hmm. we don't have to do just one main show. We could also do we could do a main show, and then we could do a, you know a little side fun shows, which was kind of the the initial idea. Mm-hmm. So that's my memory of of starting actual Force Center. It, it really for me growing out of of the Jedi Alliance thing, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. then the idea of like, oh, it can just be the three of us, all, all nice, all fun, <laughs> all background mm-hmm. as performers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no knives and any ribs mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we can all just talk about star wars the way we want to and find out what what is that how do we want to talk mm-hmm. about star wars and then and then i think the the show and the whole network kind of developed out of what are the different ways we want to talk about it what are your thoughts on that ken yeah yeah i mean the name force center had stuck around in my mind for years and and, and you two just seemed like a, a great natural extension of you know the natural extension of what we've been doing is to uh, uh, form up, uh, form up, and do something, and and we can discuss too. Uh, you know, you pivoted early for this Joseph because I still had the mentality of the the YouTube side of it of not not being snarky, but just you know, obviously I make fun of the Captain Phasma name and not more a lot more back then, or the Puffer Pig, those <laughs> kind of things. But that that came out of the a lot of things we talked about. But but I just remember one thing I thought because I'm I'm and kind of inherently lazy is I thought this is great. Uh, Joseph can do his show. He can record it. Jen can do hers. I'll do a solo show. And then we'll, every once in a while, we'll meet together for the main show. <laughs> and, right, right. And it was like, we'll have a feed. It will be great. And then it just it just worked out that the main show was was the focus. And that, that always should have been the case. And um, yeah, several mics ago, several mixing boards ago, several editing programs ago, here we are. But I think uh, it, it was uh, the great thing about that time, Force Awakens was still in front of us. And... We, I don't, the, 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 it was a world of possibilities. And I love that. That's what I, you know, going back to, it seems like so long ago. Um, and it is in another era, but it was just like, mm-hmm. let's, yeah, we're going to do, I'm going to do a, a Star Wars podcast feed. Cause I had I, my Knapsack Files feed, which is still going strong now as a Knapsack Network and the bothering shows. But I, I had Spotlight Star Wars was on that because I was like, you know, right. maybe on Saturdays I will do shows that talk about the things, those nerd things I like. Again, quote unquote, nerd things. 
Game of Thrones being the unknown nerdy program that everyone, no one was watching. Um, so it was like Spotlight colon Star Wars, Spotlight colon Game of Thrones. And that's why that kind of silly name carried over to the Force Center when I would do those shows on Saturdays. It was just like, then it was like, wow, but now, now we have our own. That felt so good. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. And yeah, the the main show to me was just like, it was, it was the 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 most gratifying because we started talking about the ideas, which is what I had really, really wanted. Uh, I don't, I don't even think I was clear that how badly I wanted that. Um, mm -hmm. But we had, we started very close to force awakens. We only had a couple episodes um, mm -hmm. before we really got into the groove and before we did our actual review of force awakens. And yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, Ken and I saw it together and think um, for me, that was the third viewing and yeah, we, we didn't really have a system down yet. So it was just Ken and I, um, mm -hmm. and you know, it was great to be around this whole weekend of people talking about it, but I was already a little frustrated because everybody was just kind of like thumbs up, thumbs down. Did you like this part? Was this part mm -hmm. good or bad? And I was just like, there's so much going on <laughs> in yeah. this movie of, of what it's about, about the meeting of the new and the old and how do you handle the past? And like, I remember making a list on my phone. It's like, I don't know if Ken's going to want to do this, but I remember going like, can we talk about like what the movie's like mm -hmm. about? Could that be the focus of our, <laughs> of our review instead of just listing every element and going, did you like the Falcon? Did you like this? Did you like that? Mm. I, I, and, and forever indebted to you, not just professionally, but personally, because that really started opening up how I look at a lot of things, including personal themes in our lives. And, and we can follow that. But so credit to you and credit to, to Jen as well. There was, I just remember you had said some comment, Jen, about, the masks and how the the movie, the trailer, even for Force Awakens has a lot of characters taking off their masks. And, and you, almost 10 years later, you could look, we could all look back and go, well, yeah, duh. But then at the time coming from the world I had worked in and was now over at Screen Junkies Daily, that was revolutionary. <laughs> but hmm. what you brought to the table that day for that recording session was kind of revolutionary because I had grown just frust already frustratingly uh, tired, if that's a phrase, of of um, the review shows that were like, hi, welcome to the show. We're reviewing Rebels. So this scene happened and then this scene happened and then this scene happened and every reviewer was just talking about what they had just seen. <laughs> I, but, you know, I had thought, well, that's what we do. And I remember Maude and I were sitting, I don't want, they were wonderful folks. We were sitting on a, on a, on a, on a Rebels review show and I just, and this was before even Four Centered Form prominently and, 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 and officially, and, I, and that was going on, and I just was so kind of angry. <laughs> it was just like, mm. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to sit there. And even on the on, later on in some of the, um, the the other shows I did, a Collider or, or, or Screen Junkies Plus about Game of Thrones, and it, everyone just wants to regurgitate what they just saw, point out Easter eggs, and 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 snark on it. And and mm -hmm, so when you mm -hmm. both, Jen, you had this little statement, and I remember thinking, oh God, the masks! I didn't even see that. And then, Joseph, your thought of, can we talk about what, what's going on in the film? Uh, simple things at the time that changed so much for me personally. So, thanks. Mm. Yeah, no, it is, it's uh, uh, being focused on it has uh, really impacted my life in a, in a positive way, in the way I think about all art, in the way I think about my own art, in the way I think about art that I, isn't for me, but other people love. Being able mm -hmm. to just say, like, well, well why? What, what are they responding to? Um, even if I don't necessarily like it myself or, or think it's flawed, all those things uh -huh. have been 
have been really helpful. And I, I think the other thing with, with the particular beginning of, of four center is we, you know, we eventually got into a rhythm with the main show doing it, uh, every two weeks and then, uh, mm-hmm. moved to, uh, I, I was, uh, uh, sorry for you when one job ended, but it was like, Hey, but <laughs> you don't have to physically go to work. Let's start doing this <laughs> weekly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but we all, we all did have our different little shows. Jen, yeah. Jennifer was doing, um, you know, these, these great, uh, uh, NPR meet Star Wars investigative journalism, uh, about topics. We did the mm-hmm. data bank brawl show for a while, which was really an excuse to just celebrate the weirdos and, and make jokes. So I enjoyed it too, because it felt well-rounded of, we can talk mm. about the deepest ideas. Uh, we can look at the actual history behind it, not just the stories, but the history behind them. And we can just have fun. We can make jokes and, and that's great. And the well-roundedness of it at the beginning. Um, um, and I think still, uh, mm. but particularly at the beginning, it made me really, really happy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. One thing I'll say that I've, one of the reasons why I, I have wanted to come back, obviously after having kids and things like that, life gets really hairy and stressful, but you have always, uh, left the door open for me, which I really appreciate. And what's been interesting to see is from 2015 on, there seems to be two paths, (laughs) the light and the dark. (laughs) I mean, honestly, that's how it feels because it feels like there's podcasts and there's creators who choose to celebrate. And they might have critic criticisms about the things that they see or whatever, but they always try and frame it in a way that's like respectful. And then there's the other side, which is very much how I see the dark side. And these are people who try to get, get views and clicks by saying the most horrific, uh, you know, salacious things, uh, to make people upset Mm -hmm. and they really traffic in like negativity and I, 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 that's their choice. But at some point, I do find that like it, you can't you can't sustain that, and, or you certainly start burning a lot of bridges, and you won't be invited to press things. And <laughs> you know, I, I mean, if you say enough personal negative negative things against creators and say how terrible they are i'm just like oh my gosh like it's just kind of exhausting and that's where you know go outside and get some fresh air because it's like (laughs) come on like this is this is supposed to be fun that's the spirit of star wars and that's why i keep coming back to four center even after all these life things is because it's fun and we have we can get into the weeds about our you know our criticisms of things but it's always like, you know what? At the end of the day, this is just something we love and we're going to celebrate it. Mm. And I love that. I love that perspective. That's great. And I love the way you said to, to talk about the things that you don't like respectfully. And to me, that that's, you know, it all, all it is. It isn't, you know, never say anything <laughs> uh, bad or anything you don't like. We've had some great conversations when when one of us really responds to it and, and another of us is, yeah, that, that one didn't work for me. And right. just being able to do it respectfully is it's it's so great. It's not it's not that much work. <laughs> right. Leave, and I think leave it, room for other people's opinions. Yeah. And I think it comes from us being creators ourselves. And like, you know how hard people work to try and put something together, how long they labor over a script, all the, the crew that's there and the mm. actors and what it took to get this made. And so, yeah, it may not resonate with us or we may not like this scene or that performance may not be eh, could have been better right but we're going to still be respectful because no we know the hard work that went into it mm. and yeah i don't know i just yeah. have much more sympathy 
as yes. a result. Yes, very well said. And 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 I and I don't like how popular it gets to be to not have a have a deep thoughtful analysis of a creator's career. That's one thing to look at. Hey, here are eight films made by this uh, one artist. What, what themes emerge? Great. Bring their personal life into it. But what I see so much is is this disrespectful. I'm just going to guess this artist did this thing I like because this weird bonkers reason. Or you could tell they were lazy. Like, no, <laughs> no. Right, right. This whole no. lazy thing. I'm like, oh, no. really? <laughs> No, uh, uh, to, to the do you lazy. Know how production works. Ninety nine percent of the time, like you might be onto something that there's something off. It's not working for some reason, but mm-hmm. you know, it it is mm-hmm. rarely laziness. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I think uh, one of the one of the final things, maybe the final thing, one of the final things I, I want to say about uh, this whole journey. It's been really gratifying. We're talking about some of the the good experiences we had finding one another and, and other like minded. Uh, friends and 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 navigating around some of the people who who I think have uh, gone to the dark side. I think the landscape of of pop culture talking has changed massively. Where there, I think yeah. there are a lot of people younger than us who uh, have gravitated toward. Yeah, we absolutely talk respectfully and we absolutely talk about the ideas. And I feel like mm-hmm. I don't feel like there were as many podcasts and YouTube channels that discussed. Um, more of the heart of the the themes and the ideas and, and what's at stake. And it, it, I don't feel like there were that many when we started. And I feel like there are many, many, many now. And I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a great, first of all, Jen, I love, you basically just said inside of us uh, live two podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Light wolf the dark wolf. Um, yeah. Yeah. For me, you know, uh, it was fun having a, 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 uh, you know, a, a burst of, of listeners from a lot of other things I was doing and everything, but but in 2014 and, and 15, 16 range and Collider, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't until like for me, 2018, 2019, when this side of the things uh, started to really click that, that that people were listening and the community was there. We always got it. We launched the Patreon, We you know, all those kind of things. But um, and to what you said, Joseph, like by the time you, you roll into Chicago in 2019, um, it, it, you looked around and it was like, oh, I got a show. I got a show. I'm doing this. And 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 there's so many wonderful, warm people that we've met with over the years, been on some of their shows. Um, uh, some of them I even know work with that, you know, little Alden guy sniveling, begging <laughs> for attention in Chicago. I'm kidding. Alden. Um, and I work with him on Cashly Talk. Now. Like, like, yeah. And you're right, Joseph. It just, it, 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 it so many good voices are out there and there's going to be the wolves uh, <laughs> who are doing what they do. Um and cannot change that. Um, and I'm happy to be part of uh, a small part of that big, big, big landscape that really you looked out on the snowy Sunday in Chicago. <laughs> there's, a, there's some good folks around here. Yeah, mm. lots of good folks. Any other final thoughts from you, Ken, before we move on? No, been an absolute uh, uh, thrill. Uh, nine seasons and going eight plus years. Uh, it's 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 um, it never ceases to amaze me that uh, this is one of the only things that's worked <laughs> in my career. <laughs> Uh, I'm not tired of it. And even though, you know, I have to admit right now, taking a little pause because of the strikes, I think I'm, I'm in a weird spot where I'm like, I think I needed the break from talking Star Wars and I'm not happy that it came about the way it did with a, a, a destructive and disruptive strike that was needed to change some things. But, but I am not, there's no fear of me stopping, no fear of me moving on. It's just, that's because of you two and what we do in the, in the community around it. Um, so even if I'm struggling with a little bit on some of the stuff right now, um, I want to come here with my best 
reasons for not liking something or not connecting with it or why I love it. And, and that drives me uh, uh, eight years, eight, eight years, nine seasons later still drives me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I think we'll be able to have lots of fun conversations uh, about uh, the actual stuff we've missed when uh, mm. both strikes are over, when the seg uh, after strike is uh, resolved. Uh, but also I think we'll be able to have some uh, reflection on, what it was like to take this break. So I, I'm looking yeah. forward to being able to dive uh, thoughtfully and respectfully into all that. Uh, mm-hmm. Any final thoughts from you, Jennifer? Yeah, no, I echoing what Ken said, I, I really did kind of need, need this break from star Wars. Uh, I'm still, you know, enjoying it in other ways, but I have not finished Ahsoka. And I think part of the reason why is because we haven't been talking about it. And, the, you know, I had some things I wanted to, work out but i had no one to discuss it with and i'm like well Mm -hmm. all right so now that i know that we're going to hopefully be talking about it soon i'm going to get my notebook ready and i'm going to dive back in i can't wait to hear your thoughts on it on the show yeah that that, that's so great and and i i have been uh enjoying stuff but uh i i I hadn't mentioned uh gently uh even before the strikes that i was i was getting frustrated at the beginning of this year at uh, the the release schedule of the shows um, mm-hmm. because and the books and the video games um, because what I have enjoyed so much is being able to watch things multiple times and and sit with them and think about them and discuss them and for me it wasn't any any of the actual stories it was the sort of corporate face behind it of like <laughs> mm-hmm. nope you have you don't have any time to think about that show because literally you got to watch the next one right now and pick up that book and uh, oh here comes like um i I get it and i know we have many listeners who are like if there could be a new thing every day and two a day i'd love it great and and, in all respect uh to that but for me i i was getting frustrated with with not having the space and time to soak it in Mm -hmm. uh so for me this has been good to be able to take a step back and and give myself the time to uh, process uh, one story at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I look forward to processing even more when we get back to it. Uh, all right, that was a big look at the origin story of Force Center. So I think we should take a quick break and we'll be back with more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Other Center, questions of the other. We did it. We put our origin story on the public record. We talked about it in other <laughs> spots, but now it's all there. We can just point people back. Fun looking back on the heady days of 2014 internet discussions about pop culture. Thanks, Joseph. We got some more questions. That is right. We've got a question from PQ, uh, who is going to mention it in this question, but it was great to uh, meet PQ at uh, the great convention in Minneapolis Convergence uh, a couple years ago now. So PQ says, first off, uh, I didn't think I could love you all more, but other centers, everything I knew I wanted. Uh, thank you for being so open and honest. Uh, I knew we shared a mutual love of Star Wars, but other center just confirms we'd be great pals even without Star Wars. Uh, anyway, enough sappiness, says PQ. On to the question. I've had the great fortune of meeting Joseph at Convergence and was wondering if Joseph brought Ken and Jennifer back to Minneapolis, uh, what would be his perfect weekend of showing them around Minneapolis? Uh, bonus points if Ken and Jennifer have ideas on what they'd want to see in the beautiful city of Minneapolis. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the other center. Cheers, PQ. Uh, thank you, PQ, uh, A, for the, the fun of hanging out uh, at Convergence. And, and I'm sorry I didn't have even more time. I had a busy convention of uh, shows, but I would love to hang out more when I get back to Convergence. Um, and thank you for the nice words about Other Center. I know uh, people are anxious for us to get back to that other galaxy, and I'm anxious to get back there too, but it's been really nice uh, to have all the support for Other Center. So with that said, I want to start this question uh, with uh, with you, Ken and Jennifer. Um, have either of you ever been to Minneapolis? I have not. No. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So let, I want to start from that perspective. Jennifer, what do you, uh, whether it's real or imagined, what do you know about Minneapolis? 
I know nothing. <laughs> and I actually honestly thought until I looked it up that Laverne and Shirley was in Minneapolis. I believe it was Milwaukee. Mm. <laughs> Not the same place. No. Not the same place. Uh, slightly different. I wish, I wish uh, Laverne and Shirley had been in Minneapolis. Uh, that would be another uh, source of great pride. Uh, <laughs> Ken, uh, I, I assume music led you to know of the existence of Minneapolis. Uh, well, you would be correct, except for one thing, uh, baseball. Um, so ah, yes, that whole yeah. winning the World Series when you yes. were young, yeah. Nineteen eighty-seven and ninety-one. I think my my all-time favorite World Series is nineteen ninety-one, Minnesota Atlanta. Um, and I had some childhood friends that I was real close with, and they had a cousin, Marty. Do you know Marty Joseph? He <laughs> not not was, that I'm aware of. He's he was from uh, well, Minnesota. But that's that's the other thing I want. I actually want to ask you. Uh, Minnesota just is this catch-all uh, uh, phrase uh, that sometimes just means Minneapolis that they live in the city there, but or just to stay. Yeah, it was. Um, so my my friend's cousin Marty would come out every summer from uh, uh, Minnesota and tell tales of actually going to the Metrodome to watch the Twins, and I was fascinated with that. But yes, then later on, music, pro wrestling, comedy, mm. um, Minnesota overall, but Minneapolis is a hotbed and has been for. Years, decades of those three things. And um, I've always had some reverence for the city just based on those those three things I love. Yeah, no, the, the I hadn't thought about the World Series. As soon as you said baseball, I was like, oh, yeah, uh, that, you know, I went to one of those parades. I, I can find my uh, my home run hanky, which uh, you got a homer hanky. Oh, I do. Wow. I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think I, th- I think we got I think it was in 87 that. Uh, school was called off and my friend and I are like I guess we could just go downtown to the parade because we don't have school because the baseball team won um, amazing yeah so that yeah that was that that was an amazing time and yeah the first I have and and uh, the fame of of Prince and the Minneapolis sound and and all that and yeah that the, I forgot about the pro wrestling connection mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. as I've told you before the uh, uh, influential uh, early uh, in kind of modern pro wrestling, uh, Baron Von Raschke, the Baron. Yeah. Wonderful, kind, uh, gentle, giant of a man. Uh, there was a show about his life uh, at uh, the History Theater, and uh, I was one of the actors, uh, and he himself was in it, and we got a standing mm-hmm. ovation every night, and it was not for me <laughs> or any other actor. It was for Baron Von Raschke. Uh, yeah, great. Um, yeah, so you, yeah, so uh minnesota the state um uh, many people would uh rise up uh, uh with pitchforks at uh, at the idea that uh minnesota and minneapolis are one and the same mm-hmm. there's you know it, like like many states uh it, you know yeah. Yeah, yeah. the there's a lot of people who live in different parts of minnesota who are really not sure about that big minneapolis city <laughs> uh yeah so so minneapolis and st paul uh two cities often called the twin cities um uh saint paul was the, the, the uh, this is a joke that i've used in some uh local stand-up but it is actually the the true history um it was the place you had to get off the the boat otherwise you ran into debris from a waterfall so uh saint paul was started because that was where the boat ended uh mm-hmm. and then uh, minneapolis was started because of the uh power of saint anthony falls to uh to the straight hydropower, not hydroelectric power, just the hydropower to uh, turn uh, turbines uh, for factory work, particularly flour milling. Uh, mm-hmm. So then the, the two cities are not that different in age, but they grew up, you know, uh, are around one another. 
Mm. And in general, the general, the joke is, and people can have different opinions about the truth, but that St. Paul is slightly older. And so it's kind of like this uh, calmer, uh, more <laughs> mature place. In Minneapolis is the <laughs> riotous, mm. naughty kid. So there's this whole uh, culture there between Minneapolis and St. Paul. That and Some people from St. Paul are like, we're not sleepy. And like, yeah, mm. Whole thing. Mm. But uh, <laughs> Minneapolis in uh, the Twin Cities and then uh, Minnesota. So I'm, I, I have... I lived briefly in St. Paul, but I'm, I, I've lived most of my life in, in Minneapolis and mm. love the city and love the energy of, of, uh, it was, it was always a place of, uh, fun and excitement. Um, so if I took you, you guys, or you, you were willing to come visit Minneapolis, um, uh, I, it would be ideally during my friend's annual bar crawl. Mm. Um, because we're now all of the age, like they, they, a lot of people go on the bar crawl and do not have a single drink <laughs> mm. or they have one at the beginning or at the end uh, because it isn't about uh, proving anything alcohol wise. But it's it remains a lovely summertime walk through some of the most uh, beautiful and in, in major parts of uh, Minneapolis. Mm. Um, so for PQ and other people who who no Minneapolis. We would normally start out uh, on in northeast Minneapolis, which is uh, right on the Mississippi River. And then we would cross uh, over the Hennepin Avenue Bridge or the Stone Arch Bridge. Uh, and then we would go into downtown Minneapolis and then into uptown. So it's a really, really nice walk uh, past lots of uh, beautiful and, and famous parts of Minneapolis. Uh, and in particular, the places that I would uh, want to take you guys, and I want to see, see what you think of this. So there's a... Um, over the St. Anthony Falls, uh, the, the the falls are still there, but there's a concrete apron put on them years and years and years ago uh, so that they didn't collapse. So it's a very weird looking waterfall. It's like a little ramp. Mm. It looks like a giant made a toy in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then there's this uh, bridge called the Stone Arch Bridge, which was built in 1883 uh, by James J. Hill for railroads, but it was converted to a pedestrian bridge. But it's right over the Mississippi you get views of the uh, Pillsbury Mill and the uh, original General Mills Mill. Uh, mm. All all this history, all these old buildings, the beauty of the river, this weird falls. Uh, if I were, if I told both of you, I'd like to take you on, on, on a walk across an old railroad bridge. <laughs> would you both be like, "Sounds fun," or would you be like, "We have other needs"? Oh yeah, mm. I'd do it. Oh, yeah. you would. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I, I yeah I I I don't know. I'd like to sit at a cafe, go to a restaurant. <laughs> well, you are in luck because if we walk the right way, there's one of the oldest uh, restaurants in uh, Minneapolis, the Astor Cafe, uh, which mm. is just a beautiful place we could sit and uh, and have uh, a nice drink. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's a bookstore that I love, Uncle Hugo's, Uncle Edgar's that I, I could take you guys to. There is mm. a. Um, there's a speakeasy bar uh, called Volstead. Volstead is the uh, politician from Minnesota who actually started prohibition mm. Uh, mm. in the government. Uh, so it's kind of a it, one of our uh, claims to infamy. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that, nation. <laughs> anyway, Volstead, yeah, uh, almost everything else is sort of like I, lots of you know little restaurants and places I love. So, uh, but I would I would want to know what I would try to show the spirit of the city, the lakes, the rivers the beautiful summer and, and see what you guys both thought. But then I would give in and I would take you to the mall of America. Do you guys uh, want to go to the mall of America? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this would be good for me because I get real grumpy about it because sure, sure. the mall of America is a large mall. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
there are some rides in it. It's great. Oh uh, wow! I have friends who work there, and they they do a great job. It's it's a great place. But sometimes it's like when people are like I tell them about like it's a the Stone Arch Bridge is full of history. It's where Betty Crocker and the Doughboy were born, and there's a waterfall, and it's the reason we're here. And they're like. Yeah, but I want to see a large Nordstrom. Like, <laughs> I'd like to see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would take you. I would. I would in, uh, take you to the history that I care about, and then we can go to the Mall of America, which has its own history. Yeah. <laughs> and Ken can walk me through the security concerns of Mall of America. Well, do you remember in the mid two thousands there was a reality show about the security department there? Was oh. there? Yeah, absolutely. No? It lasted like one or two seasons, and I was I, I loved the show and and. Uh, as during the height of my security career, it was it was fascinating. So I would absolutely want to go uh, see it. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I'd want to, I want to experience the history too. I, and, and for me as a music fan, you know, yeah, Semi Sun I can talk about, but one of my favorite bands of all time is the Replacement. Um, mm. So I, to go to, to First Ave, to the First Avenue music venue that that just absolutely launched so many careers, I'd have to see that. Uh, and then I have to walk a Skyway because of the Replacement song Skyway, which I've explained before. <laughs> I had no idea really what that meant when I'd sing the lyrics when I first heard it in the '90s. But uh, yeah, I'd have to experience all of that. Oh yeah, no, that'd be that would be great. I'm pan, I'm planning the route now uh, for this this future day. Um, uh, any other uh, final thoughts, uh, Jennifer, about uh, field trips in general? What would you say that Minneapolis's food? Is, what what would be the you know like if we're talking about Chicago and what pizza, and New yeah. York and what pizza and bagels? Like what would be Minneapolis? Uh, there is a kind of Minneapolis uh, uh, Minnesota pizza that is mostly just, in my opinion, very cheese heavy, but very mm. very good. Um, uh, there's a, an extremely large uh, Somali population in uh, oh, Minneapolis, yeah. so there's a yeah. lot of great uh, uh, Somali food. Um, in in Minneapolis is. Um, uh, there's there's been some great uh, Mexican food I've had there uh, made by you know uh, actual people from uh, who have heritage uh, in Mexico. So I oh, would, wow. I would try to take you to some of those places and get your uh, your opinion on that. Yeah, that sounds delicious. I yeah. like it. Yeah, multicultural. Yeah, we, yeah, we you could have a very multicultural uh, uh, <laughs> selection, and then we could have well, also then then the juicy Lucy. Do you guys know about juicy Lucy? What the, the, the food <laughs> item? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I want one. <laughs> okay, yeah. What is it? Uh, so the, I, I have a long stand-up bit about this uh, too. It's um, almost many, many things that have been invented in Minnesota or Minneapolis are some sort of container, <laughs> which makes sense for oh. a, uh, a cold place that uh, sometimes has some emotional issues. Uh, but uh, the Juicy Lucy is a burger where hot liquid cheese has been injected into the center of the burger. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. God, is and it great. is really tasty, but it is also a fun metaphor for the uh, the stereotype of passive aggressive where like you think you're eating a nice calm cheeseburger and then you take one wrong bite and sudden <laughs> hot <laughs> cheese fires out at you. Wow. But they're really tasty and they're two places that compete for whether or not they uh, they first created the Juicy no, Lucy. So that. we could go to both and, and sample them. I love mm. The cow yeah. salad was invented here or there. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Thank you, uh, PQ, for the question. And thank you, uh, everybody, for uh, letting me go on about Minneapolis. We go to our final question from James Pasqualucci, uh, who says, hello there, Other Center. Uh, please forgive me because today I ask about a dreaded topic around these parts, puns and wordplay. 
To anyone who has listened to Joseph and Ken for quite some time, they know how unfavorably you look upon these attempts at humor. I still won't forget when Ken said puns were party tricks. Uh, while I am uh, personally a fan of puns and wordplay, I'm curious on why they don't work for you. Uh, I know they don't, but I can't recall the specific reasoning. Why do they not stylistically or functionally work for you both when used? Can't wait to hear your discussion. And thank you for the amazing podcast while the strikes are going on. Thank you for the, the question and the support, James. I'm so glad to dive into this, and I'm so glad uh, to get uh, Jennifer's take, too. I, I, I do want to start uh, with uh, something perhaps controversial, Ken. Mm. Um, this is something that I've been meaning to talk with you about for a while mm. because I am with you on puns. Mm. I think wordplay is a much larger umbrella. Mm-hmm. So I would say I'm not a fan of puns, but there's a lot of wordplay I like and there's a, a distinction to be made. So uh, uh, I, I will uh, share some thoughts on that, but if I want to bring you in here, Ken. What do you think, when you, uh, I, I think, how do you define puns in wordplay? What do you mean when you say say that? It means I, I judge your comic take. No, no, um, no, because I, 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 I have a comic friend who puts out little clips, little not even like video clips. He puts out like quotes from his stand-up stuff. And it's like wordplay stuff. And, and it's creative. And I had this discussion with uh, our, our buddy Alden Diaz. We actually had an interview and we talked about this on air. Um, I, I do think it's a skill, even puns. Um, we, we talked about the history of the show. Maude Garrett and I hosted Jedi Lance. She is a pun monster. Lo- she, you get her going on her Admiral Akbar pun routine, she'll go 20 minutes uh, giving you puns. And, and the joy in her face is is worth the journey, I guess. And, and I can't come up with it all. My buddy Josh McCuga lives for puns and he's good at it. I can't do it. So um, I, I'm with you on that. The dividing line, I, I just, I look at this one friend of mine, uh, Johnny, he's a comic and I'm like, I get it. I get it. I just don't know what you're saying. And I don't know what it's all the purpose of it all. And I just tweaks my brain. Yeah. But- yeah. So yeah, Jennifer, I want to get you in here for a second, but just uh, for my obsession with puns and wordplay, um, I think what you might be responding to Ken mm-hmm. uh, in the distinction for me is um, in my comic theory course I took in in uh, in college, uh, the the definitions used for different jokes were: is this an innocent joke or a tendentious joke? Mm. Uh, tendentious meaning uh, uh, to have meaning or or even to to attack something. Mm. And the important difference to me is puns are almost always wordplay. They are mm-hmm. simply creating a contrast between. Uh, uh, towards e- even sounding similar. There's there's more to the whole culture of puns we can talk about. And then some wordplay is, is simply simply playful. They're like, I think, kind of, you know, kids' starter jokes of, you know, uh, what 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 is a, a cow say? And then instead of saying moo, saying bah. <laughs> kids going, ah, it's, it's yeah. wrong. Like, that's sort of like innocent wordplay. It's not meaningful. Whereas there can be wordplay it is playing around with the idea that these two words have a similar meaning or, or, or a connection, but it's mm-hmm. tendentious. There is meaning. It has a point of view, a point of satire. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm with you of like, it's an impressive skill to, to string together a bunch of wordplay, but I don't really like it unless it has some, some meaning. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the, the Marx Brothers have a lot of wordplay and, and a part of what is powerful about them is that they, yeah. it's this barrage. Uh, mm-hmm. And some of it is just innocent wordplay, but a lot of it has meaning. Uh, the the famous mm-hmm. uh, sanity clause bit, uh, 
where Groucho says uh, that that's in every contract. That's what you call a sanity clause. And it's a language breakdown where Chico says, you can't fool me. There ain't no sanity clause. And then they go on to have this fight. And like that's, that's about yeah. the breakdown of language. That's about, uh, you know, a huckster with a contract. There's things going on in that. It's not just wordplay. Um, mm-hmm. I had a, a, a stand-up bit where I was telling this story about doing a commercial with, with animals. And no joke, the animals that were in it were a, 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 a cougar and a bear. So I, you know, I did the joke. I did a cougar, a commercial with a cougar and a bear. The actual animals, not mm-hmm. either of the, you know, cultural things we think of with cougar and bear. Mm-hmm. So that, that is wordplay, mm-hmm. but it's wordplay with meaning because it's about the ideas. Um, so d- d- does that distinction make sense between wordplay that has meaning and wordplay that is just we're we're twisting words around for fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for me, it does. You mentioned like the Marx Brothers and stuff back going back then where, you know, that's how you were making your points, but getting away with it because you, you you weren't allowed to make some of those points or something like that stuff of that i think of that stuff in that era uh even comedians of that time uh yeah so i i i'm there for that it's all it's all about meaning and it sometimes the meaning is just joy right like i i don't i'm not when i see people doing it, i don't get angry one one person thinks really good about it publicly i don't i don't know her um we have a lot of mutual friends but but kelly knox star wars yes. author, and uh, she she loves doing the star wars puns and we're playing and and i see them I don't groan. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I move on with my day and I don't, I don't need to take anyone's joy away. And I think that, so I think there's value in just joy. And again, I think she's very good at them. Um, but yeah, to what you're saying, yeah, anything that has a greater purpose is, is going to be more interesting to me. And, and, and unfortunately, a lot of the punsters I've been around, it's just like a gnat flying around your face. <laughs> well, I, I, let's put a pin in the gnat because that's the big thing for me is mm-hmm. the, the, I prefer jokes that have some meaning, even if they're mm-hmm. simple and straightforward. Uh, and I, I, I can, I don't love them, but I can, I'm fine with just, it's a pun. Uh, it's just a wordplay. It doesn't mean anything. It's more some of the cultural baggage around the puns that gets yeah. to me, but I want to bring Jennifer in here. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about puns in wordplay, Jennifer? And, and do you make a distinction on how you define them? I love them all. I think that they're really fun. I like the musicality often that comes with them. Um, To me, I feel like there's something clever about it. It's just the plane of words, which is always interesting when you look at the at the English language and, you know, a double meaning of a word or like for a pun, the pigs were a squeal. Like, it's just silly. And I, I and I come from Second City, which was a groan is as good as a laugh. (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> so if I can make someone, well, uh, that might explain ahead. some of uh, some Saturday Night Live sketches to me, and yeah, my strong opinions about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I like it. I'm always impressed with people who are able to do puns and who do it so effortlessly and so quickly. And whenever I come up with one, usually un- uh, accidentally, I'm delighted. I'm like, ah, I did it. I don't know. It's like finding. A, I don't know how to describe it. Finding a prize in the Cracker Jack box is such a wonderful little surprise. Uh, I have no problem with it. I guess anytime that anybody takes the effort or or tries to make someone laugh, I appreciate it because I know making people laugh is really freaking hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, I, I appreciate all all forms, I guess. Yeah. And it, I, I uh, appreciate the perspective of like, let's have fun and be silly. And I think they wouldn't, they don't, bother me when there's somebody just having fun and being silly 
and yeah. uh, uh, they don't amuse me, <laughs> uh, but they don't bother me. Um, I have uh, a, a a friend who who uh, he's not often like this. He he likes wordplay. Uh, he's a very literary guy, and I think he can he can speak eloquently about the tradition of it in in, in Irish literature, even of uh, mm-hmm. all the hidden meanings by twisting words around. Um, you know, right. it's not a particularly uh, uh, original joke, but anytime that somebody uh, uh, posts on social media, you know, uh, do you validate joke in, in it, the double meaning of parking and God, yes, we all need validation. Mm-hmm. Not an original joke, but it kind of makes me laugh every time because it's emotional. But my yeah. my friend had one night where he was just like, I'm going to do puns. And the one he kept trying to get a laugh from is, you know what the problem with philosophers is? They put Descartes before the horse. No. What, what, what the problem with what is mm-hmm. the problem with philosophers is they put Descartes before the horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he would he would have loved you. That's Jennifer. funny. That's cute. <laughs> I like it. Right, but it means nothing. It's just right. I found a philosopher's name and I'm talking about philosophers, so I it's 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 innocent wordplay. Mm-hmm. I think that particular evening, my friend embodied what I think you're reacting to. Ken is. Mm-hmm. The joke wasn't the good-natured wordplay that Jennifer laughed at. The joke was, he was going to keep saying it until we laughed. Mm-hmm. And it no, was weird. this mm-hmm. cultural thing with puns where uh, there is a thing attached to it for some people, not saying all people by any means, but for some people of, I'm going to say something that I know the people around me don't find funny, and I'm going to insist that they laugh. And the joke is, that I'm not funny, but I insist people laugh. <laughs> wow. Weaponizing their puns and wordplay. Wow. Yeah. Ken, is that what you're talking about? Often. And I've named wow. the names of people who I love, so I'm going to exclude them from this list. But um, <laughs> often the punsters <laughs> follow up their puns. Actually, I should say follow up the silence to their puns with, oh, come on. Right? And I'm always like, no. No, I'm not <laughs> going to come on with you on this one. I, I get what you did. You took a word that sounds like the other, and you put it, yay. Not, I'm, no, I'm not. And, and that's what drives me. It, it's, it's uh, you know, crafting bits is hard. And, and, and this, the, you know, again, you, you're mentioning like the Marx Brothers. I, I grew up on watching some of that stuff and not getting it because it was so, the, that was the point of the wordplay. It wasn't for a 10 year old, it was for the, uh, you know, adults trying to circumnavigate film codes and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that, that's work. That's smart. That's intelligence. That's something. And, and I just, I just don't, God, it drives me crazy. And that's why I described it as a party trick. It, it, you know, because uh, I'm I'm uh, equally as grumpy about magic tricks. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't like magic people, tricks. People, I, I I've been invited to the magic castle so many times, and I do want to go one time, but I just I'm always like no, because every magician I've met off stage is still on stage, and they're still mm. pulling out. I, there's one guy used to go to these these parties, and every time you talk to him, he'd be like, "Hey, do you want to see a trick?" And I'd be like, "Nah, I'm good, man." And and he'd still pull and he'd insist. No, no, no. Pick a card. Pick a card. Pick a card. You can come see me at the Magic Castle. I'm like, I'm not dressing up for in a suit because you have to and go get a steak to watch you do a card trick, man. I'm not doing it. And I'm not doing it at this party. And it just and 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 then you turn the corner and there's someone going, here's a pun. Come on. It's the same energy. Same energy. Is it because you're around a lot of comedians? Do you think that you encounter more of these terrible punsters? I mean, no. I mean. I think, I don't know. Cause not all, mm. I mean, trust me, comics drive me crazy too. 
um, uh, I don't, Joseph's touching on it. It's just, it's, it's, I don't mean to be just an a-hole about it, but I'm just like, you're wasting my time. You're not saying anything important. There's war in Ukraine and I got to pick a card at a party. Stop. Yeah. yeah I feel the same way about magicians. Yes. yes do That's something with your art. It, is it, yeah. Is it the always on stage thing with the yes. magi- with magicians that you've encountered, Jennifer? I don't like being held captive to watch, you know, your trick. And then I'm, and then I, I just don't like it. And if the person's not good and then I have to pretend like it is good, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the puns okay. don't bother me though. I don't mind a pun. Maybe it's because I haven't enc- encountered these, these unsufferable. No, you're, probably just, uh, you're just a better woman than me. It's, it's, it's okay to say, I'm just grumpy about this stuff. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. I think we're, I think we're getting, in my opinion, to the, to the heart of the thing. And, and it is about agency mm-hmm. and it is about respecting boundaries for me. And, mm-hmm. and I can often be extremely touchy uh, uh, about, those things. So I always want to tread, tread carefully. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not saying this about anybody who loves pun or or puns or or everybody (laughs) who loves puns or everybody uh, who, who decides to share puns. Mm -hmm. I think the thing is, is maybe Jennifer, you've encountered people who, who tell a pun, you legitimately like it. You laugh and you're done. The, the social contract has been completed. Exchange is done. They made a joke then you had the agency to make a choice. Your honest choice was to laugh. What has encountered, yeah. what I've encountered many times is people uh, say their joke. I use my agency to, I'm sorry, I honestly didn't find that funny. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a people pleaser. So it's not fun for me to not find it funny. <laughs> but then the demand that I acknowledge it, mm-hmm. it, it takes my agency away. And mm-hmm. I think there are, uh, there, uh, I, was, I was picking on my friend. He only did it one night. I've met other people who that's their whole sense of humor of, I come to a party, mm-hmm. I'm big and loud and I take up space in the fact that I'm taking up so much space is the joke. And I'm going to mm-hmm. shout a joke. And if you didn't laugh the first time, I'm going to shout it again. And then I'm going to chide you if you didn't laugh. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. doesn't, at that point, it doesn't have anything to do with the joke. It, mm-hmm. The pun is just a joke, joke structure that it, it happens to not be my favorite, but I got no problem if it's others. Mm-hmm. It's that some people, not all people, some people uh, gravitate towards puns because they're, they're a way to sort of uh, barrage you into uh, playing a part in their drama mm-hmm. of make being a part in their performance that you didn't choose to be a part of and they won't let you out of. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm wondering if I'm one of these people. This is what I'm wondering. <laughs> you are maybe, not. Maybe, hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me because I love a pun. And I often, it's almost like I just randomly will fall into it. And I get delighted when it happens. And then oftentimes, I think what happened on the live show, I, I did a pun. And it made me so tickled. <laughs> and I, I often will apologize because what happens is people don't laugh. And, but I'm not one that's going to make you laugh. I just will acknowledge this awkwardness that I have unfortunately created for all of us Mm -hmm. of telling a a terrible pun joke that nobody laughs at except for me. And I usually will laugh at my own pun and then I apologize and we move on. It's just my life. And I'm realizing Mm -hmm. I'm the problem. I'm amazed that we've been able to have this four center relationship as long as we have. Your your honor, Honor, I enter into court evidence that uh, Jen has already submitted. She apologizes. She's aware 
Jen, you're aware. What, my problem, what my Joseph, one problem. What Joseph's describing is, by the way, this is a sliding scale, like like Yoda's what leads to suffering speech. <laughs> uh, uh, puns lead to magic tricks, lead to pranks. And I will fight <laughs> you if you prank me. You do not. Yeah. The yeah. one currency yeah. we have left in the world between us is trust. And pranks yes. intentionally defy that trust. And at a dry April Fool's Day, I will. Oh. I, I am an a-hole on that day. Do not, You don't do any of that stuff. And and like and recently, by the way, there was recently some YouTube prankster got shot, and, and they oh, found yeah. the guy innocent for the most part of charges because everyone in the there, the court was in the jury was like, yeah, don't do that. Um, um, and, don't prank people. Yeah, and and and, and this is like what Joseph described. Joseph, I can't name the name. Joseph changed the nature of my friendship with someone who was pretty close with. Because he he was I, I, I we we're at a party situation together and I just kind of met him because said how, how did that go and, and Joseph said I never forget he goes he is the type of person that has not has spent his entire life never having to question how much space he takes up in a room and it mm. shows type of thing and Ooh. I my perspective and that person and I got in an argument one time later on where he's like I, I'm fun at parties everyone has a great time and I looked at him and I go have you asked them. <laughs> and and that that and it's all in the same scale. So you, Jen, um, uh, again, Kelly Knox, who's always tweeting this stuff. I, I, I no, you're sweet souls trying to make people laugh, or maybe yourself. Yeah, what Joe's yeah. talking about is, laugh, is yeah. it's beyond the jokes. It's the space they love to take up. Mm. Yeah, it, mm. it, it, not, it isn't you, Jennifer, because you would never take anyone's agency away. Mm. Um, and I know that probably sounds melodramatic, but like the the thing you said on the live stream was what we were trying to, to figure out what sort of meat toppings we wanted on a pizza. And you said we could go hog wild. Yes. <laughs> it's hilarious. I would say that's wordplay. It's, it's something right. that has an accidental double meaning. There's meaning. Right. You didn't mean to be celebrating the fact that we get lots of parts of a pig on a pizza, mm-hmm. but you accidentally said that. And it was hilarious. Uh, but, but you, you weren't like, let's stop the entire uh, uh, stream until Ken and Joseph both agree it was funny. You mm-hmm. didn't go through the comments going, come on, come on. Mm, <laughs> right. right. It, 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 I really, I don't think it is about the, the puns because they mm-hmm. are just wordplay and you can take them or leave them just like any joke. Mm-hmm. I think, I, yeah. it, I think we're really gravitating with the, the magic tricks and uh, frankly, by far men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Use right. this as a you have to react the way I want you to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think right. early in my life I encountered um some uh you know adults, parents of other kids who needed to dominate things mm-hmm. and would not move on until everybody laughed at their pun. Mm. And, it, and it sunk in deep of like, that's a person to be scared of. That's mm. a person who does not respect my boundaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I learned that from, you know, a, a really dumb joke about the cart before the horse. <laughs> <laughs> right. That this person, this, you know, adult, this man mm-hmm. needs to be uh, his way or the highway. Mm-hmm. That's my personal experience. I think a ton of people uh, just like him. I think a ton of people find fun in the they're so bad they're good mm-hmm. and and that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about when people kind of take it a step farther in it and yeah. don't let you decide for yourself whether it's funny and move on yeah the venn diagram 
of these people that want to take up space with the pun tellers, with the magicians. There's got to be uh, pranksters uh, and yes, right. The pranksters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A performance is just like a holy contract to me that um, you enter into and don't, don't anybody come to a party and, and put on a show without me getting the opportunity to opt into being an audience yeah. member. Right. <laughs> Humans telling jokes back and forth. Great. But if you're putting on a show, I, I, I opt in. I get, I get to opt in. If I have to That's put down my shrimp cocktail, my fork to pay attention to you, <laughs> and I had no choice. Yeah. Them, you got a problem. Yeah. Right. Like live music. Sometimes you'll go, you want to have a nice meal. <laughs> and all of a sudden now you're a part of this show that you never knew you were going to be a part of. That's when I actually bristle is live music. Mm. Uh, especially if they're not good and I don't like what they're singing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now mariachi band, that's different. I always like a mariachi band, but not the, not the folk singers or the, the cover bands. I want to, I want to opt in for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a, a complex topic. I know we have lots of uh, uh, listeners who like puns. I know we have lots of listeners who who like that they are that they are dad jokes. That they're this fun way for you to relate. I, I am not talking about every pun. I'm mm-hmm. talking about these specific uh, uh, circumstances. Uh, Ken, help help me dig myself out of a hole. No, no, because I, 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 yeah. Um, this does. It, if you think it applies to you, if you're listening, it probably doesn't. Because you're if you're aware of it. Um, then you're like, like, like Jen said, you're probably not the problem. The, the folks that aren't aware of it are, they're going to continue to be unaware of the problem. Uh, we're never here to take it for joy, but it's, 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 it's a serious thing for me. It, it get, and that's what it starts with something simply as a, as a pun and my, my alarm bells go up. So we're just sharing. This is what other center is about. We're pulling back the curtains. Uh, mm-hmm. no, no hurt feelings needed, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, it's it's a this is a great question because it, it it's it's a one I have a lot of passion about. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. And so, uh, bottom line for me, there's a ton of wordplay I like. I particularly like it if it has any sort of uh, emotional or, or, or cultural uh, meaning or parody or satire to it. Uh, there's some just fun, innocent wordplay that I like because it's just silly. It's just you said something that's wrong, but it doesn't mean anything. Um, there's some puns I don't like, and I'm fine with not liking them as long as nobody tries to uh, um, physically actually, uh, you know, uh, elbow me in the ribs or, you know, uh, emotionally elbow me in the ribs and in demand, I, I react a specific way. That's mm-hmm. the thing that, uh, that I don't like ultimately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Jennifer, any, any final thoughts from you on puns and wordplay? No, but now I'm going to be on the lookout for these people. I'm sure that, you know what? I'm sure that I have encountered them. I just didn't really realize it mm-hmm. uh, just because I found them so annoying that I just tuned them out and their <laughs> wordplay and puns. Yeah. Um, but yes, I'm sure that I have I have come across these people. Yeah. You know what? I'll end on a positive note. Uh, my, my friend, uh, comedian, musician, Mike Furman phenomenal at wordplay his his mind just works like that and he absolutely loves it he loves puns he loves every kind of wordplay uh he has a live performance that he does to video which is just this sort of a show-stopping thing his song is just called chicken monkey duck and he in this fun rhythm sings the word chicken chicken monkey duck in different orders but it's perfectly timed to a video playing in the background of different images of chicken monkey duck and it's like great 
comedic procession of images for chicken monkey duck he's phenomenal he does music uh that that's for for kids for families for all ages uh i i love mike Furman. i love his jokes if you like puns and wordplay uh go google mike Furman, and you will be delighted mm. 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 yeah uh p-h-i-r-m-a-n mike Furman. all right um that is it Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? That's, uh, yes, that is it. That is it. Send your angry letters to us, Karen, on, <laughs> at Twitter, Four Center Pod. We're on threads as well, Four Center Pod, uh, Instagram, and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast, available on a lot of different spots. If you want to listen to us, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the like, just search, you'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center. Follow me at Kednapsock or go to my website, Kednapsock.com. Have my uh, comedy EP being released shortly. Special edition available on Bandcamp. My website has all the information and upcoming comedy dates as well in New York City, Seattle, and beyond. Uh, no wordplay or puns in those acts. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Jen, where can they find and follow you? You can find my ridiculous puns and wordplay on TikTok at JenniferLanda1138. YouTube and Instagram at JenniferLanda. Joseph, take us home. Uh, you've uh, you have uh, stood strong with us here on uh, puns uh, and, and pranks <laughs> and magic trick. Well, you know, you, I think you're a little more open to magic. But uh, where can I find and follow you? I like magic when I uh, can opt into the performance. When you can but, buy you know, it. If I was <laughs> at a party and somebody was just like, I understand you're in the middle of a conversation, but I'm going to make a quarter come out of your ear. Um, that I would need to be physically restrained. I decide. You've, you've <laughs> met him. Then. You've met him. All right. Uh, okay. Okay. Good to know. Uh, yes, you can find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw, where I, I will absolutely do wordplay. I won't personally do puns, but I might quietly enjoy some uh, to myself. Uh, you can also find me this weekend in Portland, Oregon at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, uh, the short horror film I worked on with a bunch of amazing people. Uh, the Nightmare Adorable is having two screenings at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, 7.30 uh, p.m. on Saturday, October 7th and 7 p.m. on Sunday, October 8th. If you're interested, it's uh, all over my social media. It's on my website at josephscrimshaw.com, or you can go to the festival's website uh, and just Google H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. That is it for me. That is it for Joseph. Uh, that is it for Jennifer. That is it for me and us here at Other Center. We'll see you again very soon. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.